you hear that? And hello, everyone. Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us here this afternoon. Uh, thank you for following us also over on social media, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and also on the podcast apps that we're on. Uh, we greatly appreciate you following us and supporting us here on Haunting Live Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us here this afternoon as well. It's a beautiful day, uh, first week in the spring here. And as you noticed, we slightly changed the uh, podcast intro a little bit today. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, if you like it, we may keep it on for a while and uh, continue using a little bit of a new music for the podcast here. But uh, today we do have a special guest here with us. Uh, it is Richard Palmasino from the Searcher Group. Uh, he's a paranormal investigator. Uh, from the oldest group in Canada, actually. He formed his group back in 1979, and he's going to be talking to us today a little bit about what he does as a paranormal investigator, uh, what it was like to do things back in the old days, and also a topic that I've been wanting to actually talk about for quite a while here on the show, and that is the topic of urban exploration versus trespassing. So uh, he's also got some uh, topics about that he's going to be talking to us and sharing his thoughts on here today. So let's bring in Richard today. Hi, Richard, how are you? Good, Trevor, how are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Haunting Live Podcast. Uh, I know we had a chance to have you on in the past, uh, but we are grateful that you had another chance to come here on today as well. So thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me here. Uh, no problem. So I introduced you as a paranormal investigator. And um, you've been doing it for quite a while. Uh, when did you first get into investigating? Uh, well, I've always been interested in the field. Uh, I grew up in a haunted house. And uh, when I turned 18, I, uh, I started the searcher group back in 1979, so about 42 years ago. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear an introduction of how, how, how does it say, how did you say that, the old people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm getting up there, but uh, the things we do today are a lot more convenient. I don't know if it's better, but things are a lot better. You have uh, computers, you have uh, digital, uh, as opposed to analog. We used to use analog digital, uh, tape recorders, and VCRs, and you know, big, heavy, clunky this stuff. We used to use baby powder. We can still use that today. It's quite handy to use. Things like that. So, yeah, there's some differences. Uh, we used to use, uh, and I, I've tried this my, uh, a few times, is using an analog uh, tape recorder, a miniature tape recorder, alongside a digital recorder. And uh, I find that the, the old tape is better. I get more EVP on tape than I do with the digital. Um, but I thank God for digital photography because... You know, the old days we used to take two, three hundred photographs and you go off to the drugstore and it'll cost you, you know, 80 bucks to, and there's nothing, that's nothing there to show for your money. But so in that instance, it's it's a lot better in the digital age. So just touching on that topic still in the older days when people were 
into it as a serious hobby rather than it is nowadays. Um, how difficult was it to sort of get into places back in the old days compared to nowadays? Uh, it's been getting harder and harder to get into places as we've moved through time. Um, you know, I would meet somebody uh, at work or I would meet somebody on the street or through um, uh, at a library and just say what I do. People would know what I did and they, I'd say, hey, I've got a haunted place. Do you want to come and look at it? And you would have access. Or I would send a letter off to a, a property owner and uh, I would get a reply, you know, within a few days, snail mail. But, uh, and, you know, have a, ha have a look. Come along. Here's the keys. Take your time. Do what you want. Um, it's harder and harder today to get access. And I think that's because more people are aware uh, you've got property owners, they don't want their property stigmatized. They don't want, uh, they don't want people trampling, trampling through their property. They don't want, uh, you know, uh, family secrets to get out. So uh, they're a little more aware of what we do. Uh, not completely, but they have some idea, that, you know, they watch TV and they see that the, some of the secrets get out. So uh, it's harder today than it used to be. You know, phone call and you're in, and you know, and it wasn't like they're standing over your shoulder. Here's the keys. Walk up when you're done, and uh, and you go in. People trusted you. It's a, it's a, it's a different animal today. You know, and, uh, you have to have insurance sometimes. You have to have security there with you, depending on the, the, the facility or the building or, or what it is. And so, you know, there could be some some interesting costs involved. Uh, do you think it has uh, changed nowadays that um, with more things like TV shows that are out there that people have certain expectations of the investigator or certain things that they don't want the investigator to find out that they've seen on TV come forth from different shows and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, TV's, unfortunately, TV's made our, uh, what we do, more aware to the general masses, but completely destroyed the work we do. Uh, it's made it harder to get access. Um, you get a call for help. You know, somebody's got a, a family's got a problem in their home, or a business is having a problem with a, some type of haunting, and they have these expectations from watching these shows that you're going to go in there and solve the whole problem within an hour. <laughs> it can't be done. Well. Unless it's uh, unless it's not a haunting at all, you go in and chew the raccoons out, and there you go, it's solved. But if it's a true haunting, it's not getting fixed in an hour. It's you know you're lucky to have it fixed at all, or maybe a month or three. But uh, you know, there's a lot of work involved, and, and you have to find out what's going on first, who who it might be, and then try and find a solution to it. That's not something you do on a Saturday afternoon before going for pizza. Right, and I think we had you on the show in the past. You were talking about how long and in-depth your investigation used to be. Um, do you want to sort of talk about some cases you've had in the past where the investigation has lasted a longer time than people expect? I did a family home, which turned into a, a, a massive project. 
you know, every time we found an answer to something, there was 20 more questions. Um, luckily, the property owners were, were, were great. Everything was friendly, uh, except the haunting, of course, that wasn't so friendly. But that took six years. And that, that was actually my first book. It took six years to get through that. Um, I've done investigations, uh, you know, three years long. Uh, the majority are a year. Um, you know, I'm, thrill seekers go in and they get something, which is, it boggles my mind. And I call them thrill seekers because they're not investigators. They have no interest in this at all. It's just for some reason they do it. So they go in and they get an EDP or they find out that there's some activity in a location. And their attitude is, okay, cool, I got it done, everything, and they move on to a new location. And it boggles my mind. You have evidence that there's something there, and yet you're not willing to pursue it for the whole distance. You go, okay, done it, gone, let's go, and then they're off to some new place. And I think that's just to build pretty websites or blog about it to say, hey, I've done, you know, look at all the places I did this year. Okay, and that's great, but what have you learned? What have you accomplished? Did you make any advancements in the in the field? No, but they have some cool EVPs, maybe a photograph or something. So that's a that's a problem. Right too, and um, one topic that we want to sort of discuss here today with you is a topic of urban exploring, and it's something that's been on my mind for quite a while. And um, I think it's along the same lines of what we were just talking about, which is kind of like the damage that can be done from TV shows and whatnot being brought forward to the public. So um, let's start just getting into that topic here right now and start with that. So um, let's go actually, first of all, back into your field a little bit more in depth. You're a paranormal investigator, but you've also been into the field of uh, law enforcement and security. So can you talk a little bit about your background in the law enforcement side of things? Right. Well, I, I've worked in both. I worked, um, you know, on private security, corporate security, uh, some law enforcement uh, for, for the last 37 years. I'm retired now, uh, thank God. Um, but... So what you're basically talking about is um, trespass or criminal trespass. Uh, sometimes urban explorers, they like to go around, they see a, an interesting property that looks like it's abandoned or so they'll go in and they'll make themselves at home, photograph. A lot of them are pretty cool. They won't damage anything, steal anything. Um, but some do. Some will kick out the windows, spray paint the place, uh, stuff like that. So there's a problem. You know, people don't, it, it's the entitled generation. They see it, somehow they're entitled to it. People don't think that it's abandoned, sure, but somebody owns it. It could be a family that's owned it, they're just keeping it for property value. Uh, it could be the bank that owns it or the government owns it. Because somebody's gonna own it. There's no land out there that people don't own. So they have to remember they're trespassing on the property. And the owners, the owners of these properties are are concerned because, first of all, their insurance might not cover what that trespasser is doing on that property. If they happen to fall through a floor, 
get injured somehow or burn the place down, they probably don't have insurance to cover that stuff because they weren't intending that people were going to be trampling around in their property. So it comes down to trespass. Um, now trespass is, you know, there's, you get a fine for it if you get caught. Um, usually some, most of the cops are pretty good. They'll warn you and they'll tell you to, you know, take a hike. Um, some of the police officers might make an example of you, so they'll give you the fine and stuff like that. Uh, where it gets tricky is uh, trespass at night. So just about anywhere will cover trespass at night is from 9 p.m. till 6 a.m. And that can be anywhere. Most of the public parks, uh, cemeteries, uh, any any private property or even public property for that matter. So, um, and it's how you deal with the police once you get caught because they can make an example of you. They, that fine can go all the way up to $10,000. So, um, and then you have to go to court. And if you lose court, you not only have to pay for your lawyer, you have to pay for the crown and you have to pay the court costs plus the $10,000. So you can start adding up and um, you can start getting a really bad reputation about what you're doing. The other thing I don't like about uh, people that trespass is I, I, I put them down as thrill seekers. They're not really investigators. They're not, they don't have a, a, a deep interest in the paranormal. And the right reason I say that is because if you're going to cut corners and you can't take the time to go do things properly, and as soon as you break the law, you may find the greatest evidence on the planet. And I'm not going to listen to you because if you cut corners and break the law, you can't come to me later and say how truthful and honest and, and how much integrity you have. And this is the evidence you found because they all go hand in hand. You can't lie on one end and, and be honest on the other. So it's discounted. I just, I don't even want to talk to those people. I don't, I don't want to know about it. So yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. You know, when you have other things, when you, when you start trespassing, you know, there could be reasons they don't want you in that place. It could be hazards. The floor might be ready to collapse or the stairs, or it could be uh, toxic mold. There could be, uh, you know, the old pipe wrappings are starting to deteriorate, blowing around because the window's broken and that's all asbestos. So you, you're really taking those risks. But, um, you know, the best thing is to get up, do it properly. Most people will let you in, especially in the old abandoned property. They don't care. But take the time. Go to your, your local um, city hall or, or records department, find out. Who owns the property? Make contact. Say, you know, this is what I do. Can I get access? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes. And then go to your law enforcement, the local cops that, that work that area. Take your permission sheet from the your agreement from the client, and say, I'm going to be here Saturday night for eight hours, ten hours, or whatever. And uh, and you start working with the police. Uh, they appreciate it because you're not wasting their time going, hey. What, See those flashlights over there? What's going on? So you build a rapport and you start to get a good reputation and people appreciate that. And, uh, I mean, many a time I, I've had the police come by to check on me. Not that they had to. They knew I was working there because I reported. And 
they'll come by and they'll say, hey, guys, how's it going? Killing some time. And you build a rapport. Next thing you know, he's checking his computer and he's telling you how many how many police calls to the house over the last decade, if there was bodies or murders or suicides or, you know, so you get great, all this evidence, all this information that costs you nothing because you're building a professional report with people. These are the people in the know. It don't cost money to do this. And here's the guy pulling up to the curb and telling you. So, you know, it, there's benefits both ways. Oh, I totally agree for a hundred percent with that for sure. Um, the way we do things as our investigation side, uh, we are always upfront and 100% uh, real in what we do for people. So uh, in fact, we don't do anything without like a contract base with the client. So uh, we have to make sure the owner of the building is aware that we're coming in. It can't just be like an employee that's working at the location and say, yeah, sure, come on. And then we get in trouble because like the owner doesn't know that we're there. Um, so we have to do things like that, make sure the owner knows, uh, speak with them directly in person and stuff like that too. But uh, what you were just saying about going to City Hall or in cases of getting into like city buildings, you would need their permission to get in, right? So um, it does definitely look better on your end that you do things properly. And that's why we do things as a team. Um, but there are some people and groups out there that just think they can break in or trespass or just because nobody's living there they can go into that place and check it out um it's not right and it gives people that do things right like a bad name like us so um it's just been a topic that's been on my mind for quite a while and um it's great to have your opinion and sharing your opinions here with us on that topic too so um but what's your opinions on like people doing it just for fun for like views on youtube and stuff like that well, you, you need to be careful because I know people that did, now we're going back, uh, I don't know, five, six, maybe maybe even longer years. Uh, a very, very popular place in Toronto. Uh, they broke in, they, uh, which is breaking enter. And breaking enter, people think you have to break something. That, no, it's just, even if the door is closed but not locked, you open that door, just the minimum amount of energy to open that door or a window is breaking in her. You don't have to damage anything. Um, but they broke in, they filmed it all, and then they went and they posted it. And somebody complained, and the police tracked it down through the video, and they were charged. So you, you, you take your risks, I guess. Um, but I don't see any reason why you need to break in. You know, most people are willing to allow you to, to do these things, if you ask. I mean, I went to, um, you know, I had a meeting with uh, the city of Mississauga. We, we did some work there. And the next thing I know, they asked me to do all their city-owned uh, properties and their museums. And I was there for months and months. And then they gave me the, because I did all the work for them, looking, cataloging what's haunted, what's not haunted, uh, history, I was awarded a, a, a particular property, which became my third book. And I kept that property. They, they, gave, they gave me a letter, carte blanche, here, do whatever you want. And I kept that property for three years and I did a book on it. So, you know, the benefits of doing things right, the way, I mean, you can be sneaky, but really, what are you getting, you know? 
uh, you're getting a, a film hole, look at me, I'm sneaking through a property, it's great. Um, but you're always going to have people to do this sort of thing, regardless of the law, regardless of people frowning upon it. Uh, they're always going to do it. That's what they do. They just, you know, they don't want to do things right. It's too difficult. I don't want to ask permission. I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So uh, it's going to happen. It's always going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Like the benefits of doing things the right way definitely outweigh the things of doing things the wrong way. But it just seems like these days everybody's doing it just for, for mostly YouTube, for their YouTube channel. I see things out there. Some channels are just dedicated to things like challenges. It's like they actually go on to their channel and ask their followers, the subscribers, well, what do you want me to do next? And they tell them and they go do it. I mean, they just do it for the fun it's, of it. And that's not right. It's a thrill thing. And, you know, it's just a, the thrill of the, let's see, hopefully we don't, we don't get arrested or we don't get charged or we don't get a fine or, you know, I mean, people eat Tide Pods, so, you know, there's always going to be some strange stuff going on, right? Yeah, I know. There's so many channels out there, and I just don't understand the thrill of it. Of um, Well, I've always been the type of uh, investigator that wants to get permission. I do not ever want to see me in the place of going to a place and getting in trouble because I'm on that property. Like you said earlier, actually, um, there is a fine line between you think it's abandoned but it's not because somebody down the line owns that property somewhere you might think it's for sale you might think it's abandoned but you might think there's nobody living there currently so it's okay just to go on for one night to check it out but somebody owns that property somewhere they might not own the house but they might own the land that the house is on so somebody owns what you're on and breaking into but you're right also what you're mentioning where uh, you don't have to actually break anything to call it break and enter. The moment that you step foot onto that property, you're trespassing. So you don't yeah. have permission to be yeah. there. As soon as you cross a, a, the threshold of a, of a dwelling, be it the door or window or whatever, that's break and enter. You have to commit a break and enter to a couple that would trespass at night and <laughs> now you've got some serious problems. Uh, you know, the other thing is, people don't think. You know, I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand. I've had to call in the, the, the police or, or, or security team, depending on where I was working. Or I, I had permission, and I went to the property. It was late, and I, I went to go in, and there's people already in there. They're having a party. So there's drugs involved, there's alcohol involved. There's, I'm not going to go because there's, you know, maybe a dozen or more people in there. I'm not going to go in and start a confrontation. That's not my job. I'm just here for ghosts, right? But you can walk into a situation where a homeless guy's there. Maybe he's not on his medication, or maybe he's been drinking, or maybe he's on drugs. A lot of these guys carry weapons. And now you're startling a guy like that in the dark because you want to be cool using night vision, and he doesn't know what's coming down the hall. Next thing you know, he stabs you or he starts shooting at you. You take the risks. That's, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, but that's what they do it for. They do it just for that point. They want to get that reaction and be able to post that on their YouTube channel. 
and that's what they do exactly. to get the views and they continue that by feeding that stuff to their subscribers and saying oh well this is what i do for my channel and i can get so many k views in an hour by posting it to youtube and then they had the nerve to go on further and saying well what do you want me to do next week uh give me a list of things and i'll pick one thing out of your list and i'll do it it just drives me absolutely insane that people do that and ruins people's reputations that do things properly like you and i so well they're always gonna have it right they're, they're the thrill seekers you know they're always gonna try and you know go over the niagara falls in a barrel or jump off the side of a building with a parachute or it's a thrill it's the you know i get it i i understand it um i don't agree with it but you know people are going to do what they want to do and that's that's what they live for is the rush right um so yeah, it causes problems, but... Uh, during your time in security and law enforcement, have you ever encountered the other end of it where you were dealing with stuff like that, like people breaking and entering because they said they were doing something or come up with excuses and stuff like that when you're trying to, like, bust them or anything? Yeah, I, 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 I ran into lots of that during my tenure. And, uh, you know, they're breaking in and they... They've got a lot of excuses, but they're only excuses. It doesn't matter to the, the guy doing the job. I mean, we're there for a reason, right? Just protect a particular property. And you know, I've had people say, well, you know, you're hunting ghosts or I'm looking for a washroom or, well, you know what? If you're looking for a washroom, you don't kick a door in. Uh, there's the washroom, but then when you're done, guess where you're going because the door's still broken and uh, you're not supposed to be here so and um, you know even working the, the paranormal side of it um, I was working that job in, in Mississauga and uh, we had shut down for about an hour to go get some food and we came back and <laughs> a couple of guys broke into the house we were doing we could see the flashlights and everything and uh, there's a corporate security team that looks after corporate buildings in, in Mississauga so called them and sort of watched the doors. There was three exits and we watched the doors and they arrived and we went in and got these guys, you know, they're just looking for stuff. They're just having a thrill. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they charged them or not. They took them, took them in the car, but they, maybe they're just dropping them off the property or maybe they didn't find them. I don't know. Um, that wasn't really my business. It was, I was concerned because I had equipment running in the, in the building and all these guys are running around the building. So, and it was kind of stupid because the police department used that building for training. So it was always somebody walking around, the guard dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird that they were there after you guys were taking a break. So they kind of chose the wrong house at that point. So was it like a city-owned property then? It was a city-owned property. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had an alarm system on it. They had corporate security watch it. And, and the police department was using it. So police department could draw by at any time. They did occasionally, and they saw we were there, and we sort of waved to each other, and they went on their own way because they knew we were using it. But um, not, a, not a smart place to break into. But. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, they didn't use their brains on that one too much, I guess, and they picked the wrong house that night. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, our discussion, I guess. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on um, that point of view. Um, definitely is an issue that's going to be ongoing, I think, for quite a while. 
Um, definitely these TV shows and things that are out there nowadays are not helping the situation because it just gives everybody ideas and uh, unfortunately I think it's the wrong idea. So, um, but with that too, um, have you ever had a chance to share your experiences on TV or anything like that to sort of project the other side of things? I have. I yeah. I've uh, you know uh, I've done five books and uh, most of them have, have turned into a documentary type. Thing. So I've had to express certain things, um, and I've done uh, a lot of radio shows, uh, some newscasts, and uh, I wrote an article that was picked up for uh, Chicago Tribune uh, regarding the state of the paranormal. You know, and some of the problems we've been having within the paranormal, how it's deteriorating quickly. Um, there's just too many people doing this. There's not to say they're doing it right or wrong. There's no right or wrong, really, in the field. But there's just so many people doing it that, and it comes back to the question you asked about access. When you're inundated with um, people asking, bothering and bothering and bothering. I want access. Can you let me in? Can you let me in? They just start shutting properties down. And these people talk. They have management meetings. They have uh, magazines that go out. There's little articles saying, you know, much effort the paranormal groups are, are paying the backside. Um, so properties start to get shut down because there's just so many people asking to get into places, which is making it harder. Um, and then how, how much are they making a contribution to the work they're doing? You know, when you walk in there and you don't know anything about the history of, of paranormal research, life after death research, uh, parapsychology, uh, you're using phone apps and saying, well, this is evidence, this is, you know, come on. Like, learn something first and then go do the work. You don't learn on the fly. Uh, and that's a major problem. So when you, you know, it's like a swimming pool. You put, you know, 1979, there was three people in the pool. So you go to your ends and you, it's great. And then here we are at 2021. There's 80,000 people in the pool and everybody's trying to get into the six haunted houses in their area. So it's not working well, neither for the investigator nor the property owner. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, getting, it's getting crazy. Yeah, no, that's a good point that you just brought up there, too, that um, I think I've mentioned before here on the podcast that sometimes when people are trying to get into places to investigate, the owners are just so, so um, furiated by people asking them all the time constantly that they just shut it off and they say, nope, no more investigating. And um, maybe some of the reasons are like it's bad for business type thing is the phrase that keeps coming up. So I think it's bad for business. They don't want people coming in. They don't want the foot traffic. Um, they don't want a reputation, stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. Well, it is. And, you know, you've got uh, the other the other problem is, uh, I think Ghost Adventure started it. Now you've got um, other other groups out there, TV groups. Uh, what's that other show? Uh, Kindred Spirits. So what they're doing is they're going around and they're asking permission to get into a place and it's a uh, pro quo pro so I'll tell you what 
we are not going to pay you to use your property to do the TV show. But what we're going to do is show that your property's haunted and you can set up a ghost tour or ghost walks or whatever and you can make money. So now there's a haunted location that's disqualified. I can't, as, a, as an investigator, I can't go there. I'm not going to go there and pay two, three thousand dollars a night to get into a place because I don't want to share it with 40 people. And that's what the going rate is three, four thousand dollars a night. Well, it's off limits now. So any data that that might hold that might unlock some of the mystery to life after death, it's off the table now. It's good for the rich people and all these all these people that are going there to do well, we're going to do a ghost investigation. Me and my closest 40 friends. Oh, my God. Tell me there's any evidence at all. All right. Oh, did you hear that EVP with 40 people in the house with you? Are you serious? How do you know it? that's a clean EVP? That it's not Jeff next door whispering. So I don't see how that's going to help. It's not helping. It's causing all kinds of hindrance, problems. So, and... And this is becoming very popular, very popular. Most of the well-known places are, are tourist attractions now, right? I, I did an investigation of Fort George, Niagara on the Lake, and it was fantastic. Today, if you want to go do an investigation the way I did an investigation of Fort George, Niagara on the Lake, you're looking close to twelve to 1400 bucks. Well, if I wanted to go back, where am I going to get 1400 bucks from? Right? All right, sure, I'll just write another book. But these books don't make any money. I you write them. I mean, you know, take an example, that third, the, the book I wrote in Mississauga. It took me three years. The money I made on that book, I, it probably cost me five times that to do that investigation between the equipment and the time and the, the batteries and the food and the gas. And, you know, it all adds up. So you're not making it money at it and everybody's getting into this thing. They want to get their own TV show and they want to be famous. It's a, <laughs> it's a mess. I, I'm seriously thinking of getting out of this. You know, it's a passion. I love doing it. Uh, uh, I think that we could solve this. But it's, you know, I just see the downside now. Yeah, and that's what's so unfortunate about uh, doing this these days is everybody's focused on that downside, and I think the only thing in it these days is people getting the views on YouTube, and that's so unfortunate. And that's what I kind of want to bring forward is that side of the paranormal. It's not paranormal, and I keep seeing postings and everything else on the Internet about types of shows that are on TV, and it's like, these common camera type shows that are out there um they're not projecting what real paranormal is at all and they have not probably any of those people on there have ever been on one real paranormal investigation in their lifetime so um all they do is they produce a show they edit it and that's it so yeah you know you can and even shows like that i mean they're how do you know now i mean with the technology and the amount of hoaxers are out there, how do you determine what's real, what's not real? It's the, the water is so muddy now. 
and they keep bettering the technology, right? You have CGI, you've got all kinds of ways to fudge this stuff now. It's disturbing. So when uh, I come forward and I say here, uh, this is this is the conditions it was, and this is what we captured, be a photograph, a video, whatever. Right away, there's 300 people saying, well, no, it's this or that, or you did this or what. Okay, so uh, so what's what's the point? What's the point of putting in evidence if you can't determine the real from the fake? So. Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. And that's another point that you just brought up, which is a good point as well. All these new technologies that are coming out, uh, I don't really classify those as real evidence either because any of these things like the apps that are out there that people use, like the Kinetics apps and to get these little stick figures on your phone and things like that, those are not evidence. That's not what we are trained as paranormal investigators to look for or to sense. Um, that's not even using your sensibility to find anything. That's just picking your phone up and saying, oh, look, it's there's a little stick guy on my phone. That must be a spirit. That's not evidence, sorry to say. I know. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of strange stuff, you know. And most of the technology we use, most people don't know how it works or what it was intended for. It's not for ghosts. All this stuff is not for ghosts. It's for specific scientific applications. And we've adapted it. We've taken a piece of equipment and adapted it to our use. But unless you know exactly the parameters of how this thing works, up and down, you can have all kinds of false readings, you can have all kinds of uh, misinformation. Um, and then you you present it on a, on a YouTube channel or, or where, on a blog or whatever. Oh, look what I got. But, you know, EMF, for example, right? Most people have no idea how EMF meter properly works. So, you know, be it uh, single single pole or, or tri tri meter or so they're just out there and oh my god, this this is crazy, right? Yeah, like they only take the K two for example because it's one of the most simplest EMF meters out there, and it's affordable, so that's what most people get. It's like the K two meter, and it has pretty little lights on it and it lights up to green or orange and they think oh there's a spirit there but that's not what you're reading it's not scientific if you just think that it's the fact like you just said that they're not trained in how to actually use the device a lot of people are but I'm saying like most people that just averagely go and get one and pick it up and start using it they're not going to know the scientific behind it besides what they've seen on again TV so yeah, yeah. So anyways, sure. yep, definitely. And I think that's true. I think it's the way things are going. It's the way things have been for a long time. And like you said, I don't think there's going to be any real one solution to that issue. Um, it'd be great if they could start switching things around and maybe having, for starters, different people and different characters on shows that bring forth proper information. That would be a start. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see that. Uh, you know, it's always the same people, it's, you know, the same little circles of people that are, you know, this one promotes this group and this one promotes that group. And uh, But 
you know the real the, the real investigators out there that are doing this um, I don't really think they're looking for recognition they're just doing their own thing and they find stuff say here this is what I found like it or not believe it or yes I don't care and then they go back to their work because that's what we do um, it's everybody jostling because they want to be rich and famous they want their own show they want you know eight seasons or whatever that's that's what they want to do and that's that's great more to power to them um, but you know they're you can't say you're a die-hard passionate paranormal investigator chasing down your own TV show because TV shows are ratings based and you're gonna have Give up your integrity, give up your honesty, and you're going to have to fudge it, or you're never going to make it to season two. That's just the reality of it. Anybody tells you different, well, they're lying to you. Um, I know. I've been offered all kinds of different stuff, and I turn it down because the contracts are, are very explicit in what you have to do and how you're going to do it. And I want my integrity is worth more to me than whatever they're going to pay me. So... Just, you have to make that choice. You either want to be rich and famous, or some sort of famous, or, or do you want your integrity and you want to do this work because you love doing this work. And that's the way it is. Yep, definitely. You have to decide one way or the other what you are really in it for and uh, what you want to get out of it, too, in the end. Uh, which is, was it? Well, you said you had some offers before, so which is it for you in the end, Richard? Do you feel like you want to continue seeking the truth or do you want to kind of which direction do you want to see yourself going in in the future well i made those decisions you know i turned those offers down um i had no interest in doing that sort of thing because like i said my integrity is worth more um how i'm going to proceed at this point i don't know if it's worthwhile because the the, the whole field is such a mess um you know, I could go out and get a ghost, put him in a jar, bring him to your house, and say, "Here." <laughs> but yeah, are you gonna are you gonna believe it? Are the masses going to believe it? No, because everybody knows everything already. You know, we're in the age of enlightenment. Um, some pretty some some person somewhere sat down and watched forty nine episodes of Zach Bagan running around the house. Uh, looking for demons, and now they're an expert. The world is full of experts. They already know. I've tried to help people on uh, blogs. I've tried to help people uh, that I, I see post stuff on Facebook. Uh, you know, give them a little bit of advice. They're having a situation with a paranormal thing, or they're working on an investigation, and they're having they can't figure out this particular problem. So I try to give them advice. I just get to shot down because they already know. They know everything about it and they don't need to talk to a guy that's been doing this for 42 years because they've just started, you know, five years ago. They're an expert. Um, so I don't bother. I just, you know, I'll help anybody, but <laughs> I don't go out of my way anymore because I just get shot down because they know more than I do. And it's unfortunate. You know, I've probably forgotten more than they've learned. Yeah, it is, and it's totally unfortunate that that's the way things have gone in the last several years, and um, I hope it changes. I do hope it changes to the point where uh, certain people are not any longer on TV pushing 
not false information, but what they want to be put on. And it always just seems to be the same people just rotating and rotating shows. So, I mean, it's not helping the situation any. I hope that other people are giving a chance at some point to share their work and their findings and present their cases also. So, You know, it's... I, I, you know, I'll admit, I like some of these shows. I'll watch it, but I, I, you know, I'm based in reality. I understand it's entertainment. It's not what we do. This is nothing like what we do. But is it entertaining? Absolutely. Do I sit back and go, man, he did that? Because I would never do that. Um, you know, and you pick out the mistakes. And I've even seen shows where I've heard an EVP, they didn't even notice. They just, they just kept going. And I'm like, wow, he just missed a real situation and you didn't even notice it. Your, your editor didn't get it. Your tech guy didn't get it. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it because I realize this is just entertainment. Um, and then, then I leave the door and I take my equipment and it becomes reality. That's... Then the real work starts. Yeah, exactly. I've seen shows like that as well that have had evidence just washed right over and they just don't even notice it's theirs. So um, that's, I guess, a sign of how things are these days. But, um, well, it wasn't part of the script. That's exactly. Yeah, they don't even highlight it or check it or review it or anything. It's just you follow these steps and that's how you produce and edit your show. So. Um, like I said, I just hope things change in the future. I hope it's not continued this way forever. I hope that um, the little people, so to speak, like us, you and I, are allowed to share our evidence at some point and get our evidence that we have scientifically found our own ways out there and present that in a suitable fashion, too. So. That'd be nice. Uh, you know, I present my stuff anyways. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't, I'm not here to sell anything. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not knocking on your door and say, hey, here's, this is my proof, buy it or look at it. Or I just do my thing. And if I find something interesting, I put it out there. And the like-minded people look at it and they go, oh, this is really cool. And then the haters or the, the, the people that know everything already look at it and go, oh no, you know what I did, you know, I had demons in my, my basement and I, I just ignore that. It's just noise, right? And there's a lot of noise. And I just ignore the noise, and I just move on. And that's how I do. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny animal, man. This the whole paranormal investigation thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, well, thank you so much for presenting your point of view here and I appreciate you coming on today and uh, speaking with us a bit about your background and what you do as a paranormal investigator but also as uh, law enforcement so giving us that side of things as it relates to uh, urban exploring uh, versus ghost hunting so thank you so much Richard for being here today oh my pleasure anytime um, you know if we have more time then we can get into the investigator stuff but uh, maybe another yeah time. we'll bring you back on sometime in the future and uh, talk about some interesting cases or something and uh, get some details out of you on what you've experienced in your past so that would be awesome okay anytime well, thank you very much have a great day
Thanks, Trevor. Take care. Cheers. Off here. And uh, that was Richard Palmasano. He is the oldest paranormal investigation group in Canada. He was starting back in 1979 and he has a lot of interesting stories and things to share with us here on Haunting Live podcast. Now I noticed we did have a few technical issues on that side, but I think it was the stream inside, so I apologize for that. Nothing we can really uh do to fix that when we're streaming live um just kind of carry on but uh thank you guys so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed richard as our guest here we've had him on in the past and uh he was grateful enough to be able to come back on today and uh do a full show with us here this afternoon on haunting Life podcast so uh we have reached uh, or, um reach, we have reached episode number 12 here of season two already so uh, i just want to thank everyone for their support and following us here on haunting Life podcast it's been uh, great having everybody follow us over on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we're also on YouTube and Instagram also. So if you want to follow us over there, uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, we do quite a few postings for you guys. And also, uh, if you want to check out our merch area on our website, our website is hauntingliepodcast.com. And you can check out our merch area where we have a bunch of different items that are for sale. Uh, mostly stuff that we use in the field, such as paranormal stuff, uh, smudging materials, uh, sort of different things. We just recently also added uh, crystal jewelry to the website. So we have some earrings and necklaces that uh, Chris from Haunting Live Podcast creates himself. So uh, check those out here on Haunting Live Podcast under the merch page. And also we have uh, posted this weekend a little post we did live with Sally Diane. She is the queen of Ooga Booga over on YouTube, one of our colleagues that we work with. And uh, she has her own channel. And we're doing a special event with her later on this year in October for the Halloween weekend at Queen's Inn in Stratford, Ontario. Uh, tickets are on sale for that public event on our website under the events tab, hauntedlivepodcast.com. And uh, tickets for that event are a two-day event, Friday, Saturday. And uh, tickets for the event are on sale right now for $140 for the whole event. So go check out the details over there and check out the website. And also don't forget, sign up for our mailing list as well. We do send out uh, mailers once a month telling you who's coming up for the next month and uh, some other information about who's been on the show and some more details that uh, you'll get first on email rather than being posted to social media. So uh, that's about it, guys. Uh, again, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. And a big thank you to Richard for joining us here on Haunting Live. Uh, appreciate him taking time out and talking a little bit about a topic that I want to have on our show for quite a while, which was uh, urban exploring versus ghost hunting. So thank you so much for him and his insight as a law enforcement officer also. So uh, it's great having his opinion on the show here today. With that, guys, have a great weekend and uh, happy spring equinox as well. It is uh, the first weekend in spring, so enjoy the sunshine. And we will see you back here next week. Take care. Did you hear that?